wonderful to be able to have a chance to catch up with you um, and just to hear from our mission partners. I think we've been um, yeah, supporting you for a wee while as our mission partner and we've maybe not had the chance as such to kind of get you up and to hear all the good things that you do. So it's great to have this chance to do that. Um, so why don't you just, first of all, tell us a bit about you, where you are right now, and yeah, where you're from, maybe a bit about your family. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for having me. It's really <laughs> strange to be here and not be in Inverness. <laughs> uh, so I live in Edinburgh. I'm from Inverness though, um, but I married an Edinburgh boy. Um, I have been here for about 17 years now. And um, I was a high school teacher. I taught business studies and economics for a long time. And two years ago, I, um, oh, it's a very long story, but I felt God uh, really direct me out of the classroom, out of teaching. And I stepped out and joined the team of Home for Good. So I lead the work in Scotland, which I always think is funny because at the minute it's just me working in Scotland. So I'm leading myself which can be tricky um but uh yes the home for good we work around fostering and adoption and we are passionate in believing that the church has a big part to play um in this area and that all these vulnerable children there's so much potential for the church here so i live with my husband andy uh, he works at the scottish parliament and andy. We have, <laughs> yeah, yeah we have um two children angus is nine and isabel oh. is she's just turned six she had a lockdown birthday so oh, um, how yeah. is that did she yeah. manage to make the most oh, of it so cute we did so many zoom calls we did like zoom family bingo and then oh. uh, a zoom with other friends it was all very lovely oh. very lovely so oh, it was that's cute. lovely and we go back a while um, Ailey and i kind of remember each other from youth group way back I don't know when, gosh, Back in <laughs> I don't the want to work it out. Um, and Inverness, yeah, yeah. It's lovely, isn't it funny how life kind of weaves um, people together? So it was really fun that we kind it's of got great. as well. So um, back yeah. to Home for Good. What about the beginnings of Home for Good then for people that don't know um, or have never heard of it? Yeah, so we came out of um, the Evangelical Alliance. It started as a one-year project. Our founding director, a guy called Krish Kandaya, you might have heard him speak, he's very inspiring. He was with Evangelical Alliance at that time, around 2011. And at that time, there was a lot of media in the press about Christians basically being really negative. So that there was messages saying that Christians are always against things, um, what we don't agree with, what we don't like. And Krish thought, wait a minute, there is so much as Christians that we are for. Yeah. Um, and surely as Evangelical Alliance, we can do something about that. So he, um, along with another guy, set up um, a one-year um, project called Home for Good. And it was looking at fostering and adoption. Now, the reason that they thought they could do this was um, they were at Spring Harvest one summer and um, they had a gathering of church leaders there who were current foster carers or adopters uh -huh. and again in the media there was a headline that summer that had said there were i think it was eleven thousand foster placements were needed and four thousand wow. um, adoption homes were needed and fifteen thousand was the number and they figured out in that room of church leaders that with their different denominations and church networks 
they knew 15,000 different churches across the UK. So if we could get one household in each of those churches to step up to foster or adopt and then that church to wrap around mm -hmm. that household and be the wider support, then there's the, there's the church stepping up and solving that problem for the whole of society and what a great wow. uh, witness that would be yeah. showing that yeah. Christians are really for something. So that's why it started. And then it just grew arms and legs. That one year was really, really successful. And Home for Good then set up as its own charity. So still closely linked to Evangelical Alliance and lots of other Christian charities now, but on its own. So it was a really, it was a brilliant, I love the, the birth of yeah, it. Yeah, I love that. It's so creative. Yes, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so you've answered the next couple of questions, but let's go. Um, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I love when that happens. I could do less talking. <laughs> Um, but the needs, I guess, for Scotland then, um, so this is sort of a UK, um, covers the whole of the UK, but the, the needs in Scotland and in the Highland area then, um, yeah. is it something that is, is happening at this? Yeah, it's interesting. I suppose I, I first, my first kind of insight into foster care was as, so I, I taught business, but I also, I was a guidance teacher for quite a few years. Oh, and okay. in that role, in a minute, or? Of, um, no, down just outside Edinburgh. And I had a lot of children on my caseload who were fostered. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really realised until that point that foster care could be a bit of an industry. You know, it's, for, for many people, it is seen as a profession, as a job. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. That some, some of these are brilliant at what they do. Um, but when you hear Krish speaking, which I did at uh, the Keswick Convention one summer. I heard him speaking and I thought, oh, of course. You know, as Christians, we are, it's littered throughout scripture yeah. that God cares for the vulnerable. Yeah. And, and, and that's our command too. And you just yeah. think, oh, wow, there's so much that we could do. And just that role of the church, because so many of us are not in a position ourselves mm -hmm. to foster or adopt mm -hmm. but we can be part of the support yeah. network we yeah. all have a part to play so um i'm not answering your question i'm going back to answer your question now no, the I mean, islands and across scotland i get so excited about it um, <laughs> is uh well it's an interesting one just now because if i give you an example as we went into lockdown there are lots of foster carers who have been in the vulnerable category so they might have something like diabetes or they might be over a certain age that puts them in a shielding category so they were unable to foster so many local authorities have found themselves really struggling yeah. for foster carers during this time of course. alongside that there is a concern there's been quite a few bits of research done here and there that a lot of these vulnerable families have kind of gone under the radar throughout lockdown. Mm. And so the children haven't been coming to school and often it's the school that are the eyes and ears of any neglect that's happening. If children aren't reporting to school, social services know about it. So with this really unusual four months that we've had, there is a fear that when schools go back in August, that maybe we'll see the extent of the picture then of neglect or abuse that has been happening so they are expecting the need for foster care to Same really case. increase mm -hmm. yeah yeah and um, so there's always a need for foster carers yeah. and yeah. Um, adoptive yeah. families and yeah. um, but i would say more so now foster care um, yes. 
is, is in a bit of a crisis situation across Scotland. Yeah. What about the biblical mandate um, to make a change in this area? Um, what do you feel God's saying about fostering an adoption in cities and um, churches for churches? How have churches been stepping up? Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, you're, you're probably going to have to, I'm going to go off piece probably in this <laughs> That's okay. answer because there's so much that um, I could say about it. I suppose for me, I remember very clearly the the night that I thought I have to apply for that job at Home for Good. So when I heard Chris speaking, I thought, oh, this stuff is gold. Like, absolutely, the church, we, we, we could do so much here. Um, but it was, oh, I was humming and hawing about whether I could leave teaching. I was in a very lovely teaching job. It was very secure. I had a great team. It was a lovely school. Always the way. And I just <laughs> felt God was like, nah, you need to move. And then um, I'd seen this job at Home for Good and I thought, there's no way I can do that. There's so many reasons that I can't do that. And there was one evening, I was doing a wee theology course in the evenings um, at a place in Edinburgh and um, the guy was talking to James. And it was the verse in, in James chapter 1 and it's verse 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And it just hit me, and there's so much in the book of James about our responsibility um, to not just grow in our own faith and learn all the stuff, but actually, what are you doing? How are you caring? What, what does being a Christian mean in practical ways uh -huh. for you? And I just thought, oh, here was me trying to learn theology, learn more theology. Yeah. And I love that, I really love that, and it's important. Um, but also, well, what, what impact is that making on you and your community? What are, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I loved hearing some of the stories like this most recent one. And again, it's a COVID story down in Bristol. The churches in Bristol have a really good relationship with one another um, across denominations. They, um, they pray together. They work on community projects together. They've got a really great and I love the story as well because it shows something of Christian unity, yes, um, yes. which I think in Scotland we're not always great at, yes. um, but it's lovely when you see it happening. And also um, with their local authority, they had a really great relationship with the local authority. So the local authority knew that the church was up for helping, was up for doing stuff. So as the COVID um, pandemic began, um, the churches together, just said to Bristol Council, what, what do you need? What can we do? What? And they said, actually, we're in dire straits with our foster carers because that was an area of the country that had a lot of foster carers in the vulnerable category. And so the Bristol churches said, right, we're going to work with Home for Good. We already had links there. And we ran a campaign to start uh, trying to find foster carers in churches. And the council worked with us on that and it's been amazing wow. the number of people that have now gone through training and Bristol were amazing as well because they recognized that they could take their training online they were really it was just an amazing if I wasn't a Christian I would say it was a coincidence it absolutely was yeah. not a coincidence yeah. because God just aligned it all perfectly in the timing and it's really the church together isn't it rising up oh. you know it's something that God asked his bride as believers wherever we are whether we're meeting together or scattered, you know, yeah. and no matter what denomination we have as well, that we can come together and be strong in this. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's just such a powerful statement 
to that um, to that local authority that the church is for them and cares and also just to people in the town. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's been yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I think cities is a really interesting one because cities are often really hard. I mean, it is obviously cities that have the most um, deprivation and where there's most need for vulnerable children, but it's really hard because a lot of people don't have a spare bedroom. Um, and that's, that is the stumbling block for a lot of families mm. if they want to foster it up. You need to have a spare bedroom. And so even if you have, um, I don't know, you might have birth children already, you say, oh, it's okay, they can share, share a bedroom. Social work want, every, want the ability to have every child to have their own um, bedroom. Um, so that in cities is very difficult because we tend to have smaller houses in cities. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So there is, a, there is a real need. And I guess something else the church can do is that support network so quite naturally if um just so many great examples of them um, there was one woman in our church and she was fostering and she had a an appointment i don't know it was maybe a medical appointment or a children's panel that's the thing children in the care system there are a lot of appointments that you're attending and she was she was late um for picking up birth children from school now, she went into a panic, but straight away she had about seven people from her church family that she could phone. Quite not, you know, you're already tapped into that yes, support network. Yes, yes. Um, another story that I love is the family that fostered, and they had the the children were really, their behaviour was really challenging, and it was hard going, and a lot of her usual friends. Uh, would not come around for play dates because they didn't want their children copying the it was a lot of swearing a lot of violent behavior they just they wanted to protect their own children from that which you can kind of understand but there was this one family in her church and she said you know what every Wednesday we're coming for a play date and it doesn't matter and you know I've, I've talked to my kids about it I'm not worried that they're going to and if they do start modeling it doesn't matter I'm just going to walk this with you and um, she just said that was so precious because she just felt so lonely and so isolated and I know as a young mum how important a play date is for somebody just to pick you up with a cup of tea and just help you with your kids a little bit um, and give you some adult conversation in the midst of a day filled with children so she just felt that that commitment from that family there's no judging there's no expectations I'm going to walk this with you um, so it's lovely so I guess it's thinking of churches so often we think of churches as being you know full full of you know your 2.4 children family and it's all kind of perfect and and it's just not like that and I suppose as churches are we ready to yeah. welcome these families that don't quite fit in the old moulds yeah. that we yeah. had thought and yeah. um what are we doing for that there's so there's a lot of scope wow. so much and just yeah it's made you realize things that you didn't I haven't thought of and I guess I, I love that saying as well they say it takes a village to raise a child yeah. and I always feel like that it's almost like church it takes a church to raise a child and we I often think how blessed we are just as a family to have um friends within church that know our boys and love them and you know, can pick them up from school as well. And I do often think, oh, if I didn't have that, it must be so difficult. Yeah. I don't know how people manage without that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. And, and also just people yeah. to to pray alongside you, you know, yeah. just 
you almost think you just need to you just need to pray for me so i guess that's the thing with home for good a lot of people say oh well that's lovely the work you do that's lovely it's almost like that's quite a niche thing I, I obviously, you know, I'm in my 60s. I obviously can't foster or adopt or I've got, I've got my hands full with children already or whatever. Uh-huh. But actually, we've all, we've all got a role that we can play. Yeah, um, yeah. Supporting from the sidelines, praying for these children. Um, even, even things like the, the kids' work. I keep coming back to the kids' work in churches because it is an area um, that's such a difference. It's such an area of welcome in a church, isn't it? Often it is kids' stuff, families that are brought into church and... Yeah. Um, even the language that we're using is such a simple thing but um, asking are we uh, calling people mums and dads are we calling them carers are we asking children you know at the end of Sunday school whatever Sunday club whatever we call it to go and get your go and get your adult maybe rather than a mum or a dad because that can be really triggering um, for some children who have had really negative experiences um, of a mum or a dad figure so it's it's all of that there's yeah, there's there's lots that we could unpack but having an um, awareness of that as you say it's such a sensitive thing and it can be yeah a trigger yeah that's really helpful and what about um yeah so any other stories you can think of any any yeah i love hearing those stories anything else that you think there's so many. So many. Um, I I love hearing them as well. There's one. There's one that um, has just come to me just now. So we um, every year home for good we run a mums retreat, um, and it's uh, it's a weekend away for adoptive mums or foster carers, and we have some Bible teaching. Uh, we have some time just to reflect. We have so much good food, and uh, it's just it's a lovely time. Oh, and that's these, so this year we only had to write 15, 15 16 women uh, for the weekend and uh, they just love being with other people that just get it often children in the care system their landmarks uh, they're not the same so even things like potty training probably happens later yeah. um, than other children learning to read and um, being able to to stay even silly things like being able to stay in Sunday club um, for the full amount of time or mm. adapting to new schools mm. all of that just usually takes longer so it's lovely for these um, women to be able to, to chat about these things and then all be just understanding that's the biggest bit of feedback they just get it but this first night these women were all sitting around the table they didn't know one another at all and one lady was talking about um she had adopted um two children oh about 12 years ago mm. And as we're sitting around the table, she talked about what age they were when they came home to her and her husband. And there was a lady just beside her at the table. And she said, I was actually, I, I fostered, I fostered your children um, before I, so I knew your children before you knew them. She, she realised, she heard the name, she heard the description of the children, she put it all together, the years. It was just, I mean, so... It was such an emotional, emotional. moment because this yeah. mom was like, that was three years of yeah. um, my son's life that you had. And it was just seeing, so often we see that how God just has it. He's weaved this thread oh. um, of this wee life, um, just, you know, passing him from one amazing yeah. foster carer to yeah. his adoptive home. Oh. It was so powerful. And it just makes you think, gosh, God, he's, he's absolutely got it. And um, oh. 
he's holding these wee precious ones in his hand. That must have been lovely for her, for the foster mum to see them loved and happy and hear the outcome of that story because, because well, I don't know if they so do, do they? Absolutely. So often as a foster carer, your job is to get ready to hand that child on. And um, we have an amazing foster carer in the Highlands who speaks so well about this. And so many people have said to her over the years, well, I don't know how you do it. I would just, I would love the yeah, child too yeah. much. I couldn't, I couldn't pass them on. But she, she is then thinking, are you saying that I don't have a heart? <laughs> but her response to that is, well, that's exactly why you are amazing. Because if you would love to, it's not about your heart. It's, yes. it's about loving the child. Yes. So allow, allow your heart to be broken oh. because God's heart has been broken for them. Um, and that's, so that's allowing, I suppose it's, it's stepping into that vulnerability and accepting that it's going to be a really, um, a really sore thing to let these children go again. But yeah, that's the calling. It's, it's oh, a huge calling. That's just so precious. And yeah, almost that, yeah, as you say, allowing yourself to go in. And that's a call as Christians you know, all the time to allow yourself to go to those places where you will be hurt and they will be broken. That's, you know, what Jesus can relate to. Um, But to prioritise their, yeah, their future and their heart above that. That's incredible. Oh, gosh, that must be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. So what would the process look like? If there was anyone then, Ailey, watching um, just now who is maybe feeling stirred, by listening to you, what would be the next kind of steps or what would be the next baby steps, I suppose, to invest? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I would say there's probably three little things that you could do. The first thing is to go onto the Home for Good website and get yourself onto an information event. And that is literally, I think it's a one and a half hour now, we've cut it down to an online event. It would be during an evening. I think they are stopping for the month of August. Uh, because the demand has been crazy and so many people are taking holidays in August who have decided to stop them, but they start again uh, for the new term in September. So that's your first, that's a real just taster session. It's just a Zoom call. You can be really anonymous and it's very non-committal. The next step would be to sign up for one of our foundations courses. And again, the feedback from that has just been amazing. Again, it allows people to investigate at a distance and just think things through. We have some people in the course who are I mean, they are ready to press the button and go for adoption tomorrow. We have other people on the course who are just, they don't even know if they want to foster or adopt. They're still thinking it through, thinking, "Mm, I just don't know. There's space for all of that um, in the foundations course. And it's lovely. People have said it's just so lovely to hear other people's stories and almost to hear from other people that that have similar thoughts to them, (laughs) that they've been thinking about this too. Uh-huh. So that would be your second thing. And the third thing is a book that I just so happen to have to hand. And it's called The Perfect <laughs> Book. And oh. it's written by Krish Kandaya, who is our founding director. Um, you can get this on all online bookshops. Um, and <laughs> it's, in fact, I, I actually think if you phone, we also have an inquiry line. And don't forget that if anybody has any questions, there is no such thing as a silly question. Um, the inquiry line usually have a stash of those that they can um, post out to you as well um, and it's just brilliant it's, it talks through it shares so many stories full of hope really real stories, Krish Kandaya himself he has birth children, he has adopted he also fosters so yeah. he does the full works yeah. and he has lots of stories from that but 
also he is a fantastic theologian and he every chapter is rich with biblical teaching so it's a great place to start as well i'm definitely going to get my hands on that ben and have a read that it's just yeah. my street yeah we did hear him as well at our conference a few years ago and it was inspiring it will yeah remember that for a long time and it's stories um so inspiring to hear i'm always very curious to meet his wife though because like he has like they drive a minivan they have so many children they drive a minivan and yet he's all over the place like he's yeah. in new york he's in canada he's oh he's everywhere yeah. and i just think he's managing to string sentences together i know he's amazing he's amazing <laughs> and his wife sounds amazing too yeah, yeah. it is and um, so as a church anything else that you think um that would be helpful for us as a church to and um, pray to be thinking about to be reading about um anything yeah definitely I think, I think every now and again we also run children and youth leader training and uh, that it goes into um what it might look like to have these vulnerable children in your care sunday by sunday and just thinking about some really simple tweaks that could be made and um, so that is a really helpful thing for a church to consider mm. but also I guess just thinking through what our welcome is like mm -hmm. and um, are we expecting people to fit into our mold or are we making our world wide and expansive to welcome all of these uh, vulnerable families in um, the kids work is an obvious place to start but actually there's all sorts of things throughout a Sunday service that um, can be tweaked to just be a bit more welcoming and I guess bring down those uh, traditional barriers that people have often felt um, towards church and yeah. um, the local authority as well I think is a is a real um, I just think it's such an area of potential when I see what happens in some of our local authorities in England and the positive uh, reputation that churches have because they're willing to go to local authorities and just say what can we do is there an area that you need, whether it's food oh, banks or whether yeah, it's, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, holiday clubs or whatever it is, the yeah, church can yeah. step up. Yes. Um, and I, I guess that's a, that's a fourth thing I didn't mention, that if people are interested, uh, the Highland Council have some brilliant people in their fostering and adoption team. And they are always, we have really good links with them. So if anybody wants to get in touch with me, uh -huh. um, then I'm sure you can get my contact details. They're, they're on the website. Um, and I can send you my details as well, but I'm very happy to link people to Highland Council to the team that we know there. Um, but they also have an online inquiry form that you can go forward with. I think it's important to see that Christians often think, oh, um, I won't be understood when I go. They'll think that I'm a bit funny because I go to church or that I'm a Christian or they won't like that I'm a Christian. And, but actually it's, it's the opposite that we find. Um, we find that social workers generally have quite a positive view of people that come with a faith motivation okay. because um well because because you're loved by a heavenly father and and that's an unconditional love and you know something of what that unconditional love uh, feels like and yeah. you're you're wanting to do the same yeah. um so yeah, they, they, they can really view that as a positive thing. They recognise yeah. it as a positive thing. So don't be yeah. nervous, I guess, about being um, about being open, about being a Christian when you're in the I process. love that. And I guess as Christians, as believers, we know what it's like to be um, adopted and to be fostered yes. into God's heavenly you know, family. We're children of God, aren't we? And, um, Absolutely. We can relate to that of being orphans from him and then connected 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Church is always, I always think it's a bit like a jigsaw puzzle, all these different stories and people. Where, where else could you have all of these different people in one room but church? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's really, yeah, really cool, isn't it? It's the way God designed it and just to be just mixed and open and yeah, I just love it. That's been really helpful, Ailey. I've really enjoyed hearing all about that. I'm sure everyone else has too. Um, it's nice to chat to you. And I just, I feel I've probably not answered any of your questions uh, co cohesively because I just get so excited <laughs> about fine. what we're doing. We're rolling with it. No, it was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. A wealth of information. And yeah, I'm sure if anyone would like to pick up um, an, an email or to get in touch with Ailey herself, I'm sure you'd be. Um, oh yeah please email me anytime yeah um great Ailey would you pray for us I wonder before we finish our time together just overall that we've chatted about and I guess for us as a church um just in this next week that'd be oh yeah I would love to yeah that's great let's pray father we want to just come to you now and we want to recognize that you are such a good God. Lord, you are so gracious and you are full of kindness. And we're sorry that day by day we forget that. Lord, we can rush through each day forgetting who you are, how good you have been to us and how kind you have been to us. So Lord, we want to just acknowledge that just now, your goodness and your kindness and your father heart. And we thank you that you have adopted us into your family. And we know what it is to have been far from you. And yet, Lord, you've drawn us back, back to you. And we thank you for that. We thank you for um, where you've placed us, uh, whether that's in our church family, in our biological family, in any other types of families that we're in. Lord, we thank you for the friends you've given us. We thank you for the work you've given our hands to do. And we pray for everyone that's linked into the service now. We pray for the place that you've put them. We pray that this week you would help them to, to thrive where you have planted them. Lord, may they feel something of your emboldening, of your love, of your empowering, Lord, that they could do the work you have given them to do. Lord, I pray for encouragement. It's been such a strange time for all of us these past four months. And now, um, as we enjoy a bit more freedom, as we see more people, I just pray that you would um, help us to feel um, encouragement, but also to know that this freedom is, is something that you give us as well. Lord, the love that you love us with is a wide and a free love. And we thank you that... Um, true freedom is is found in you, Lord. I want to thank you for um, Thomas and Mary and all the work that's happening in Inverness. Lord, it's such an encouragement to have um, the support uh, from this church. And um, yeah, I want to thank you for all that's going on. I want to thank you for the stories that I was hearing earlier of people really um, working together and just showing what a church should be during this time, being so helpful and uh, pastoral, checking in with one another, really looking after one another. Lord, I thank you that that is what uh, the church can be. Um, so Lord, we think to the week ahead. 
and we thank you for holidays and we thank you for work and we pray for people who are juggling both of these things. We pray for households, Lord. We just ask that you would grant patience and grace where it's needed, but also that you would give rest and restoration to families as well after such a strange season. And Lord, lastly, we want to just think about these children that we've spoken about tonight in the care system. Um, it's so hard to think about them and so hard to think about this um, crisis in the care system that is happening because of COVID. Lord, a crisis is a word that has been used so much um, in the last few months, but this is a real um, need that we anticipate. And so we pray for these children. We pray that somehow you would have your hand on them. And just as we've seen so many examples of you just weaving a path for these children, we ask that you would be, um, that you would just be watching over them, Lord, and protecting them. We pray for protection for these children. And we ask that you would be stirring hearts as well, that if people are thinking of stepping up to foster or adopt, that you would show them um, the right steps to take, the next steps to take, Lord, and that you would just shine a light on that path, make it really obvious. Would you just knock hurdles down, whether it's having a spare bedroom or whether it's having a, a, a husband or wife that is perhaps reluctant to think about entering into this together. Lord, I just ask that you would knock these hurdles down and um, help us as your church to rise up and um, meet the need for the society around us. Help us to be a blessing to the people that you have um, given us, Lord. So we ask that you would go with us into the rest of our days and into the rest of our week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.